Good morning. It is the Sports Machine without Slim on this Wednesday morning. Ken Kale filling in. Oh, Slim will check in. Don't worry about that. He will check in during our second segment of the program today. But uh, joining me in studio for this edition of the Sports Machine, uh, a wonderful guy who uh, joined me on my show recently in the morning, and that is Alex Posani, who is the public address announcer and disc jockey for the New Hampshire Mountain Kings of the North American Hockey League. They play their games at the uh, Tritown Ice Arena in Hooksett, have a couple of games coming up this weekend on uh, Friday and Saturday nights. And welcome back, Alex. Great to see you. Good to be with you, Ken. Happy to be here. Uh, I wish we had uh, some video for this because Alex is decked out in his Texas Rangers apparel. I should say the World Series champion Texas Rangers at, apparel. At long last. At long last. At long last. And, uh, of course, uh, they, they won the World Series uh, last year. Surprised many people. I mean, what kind of money? And in Slim on, on his show always talks about gambling. Uh, what kind of money could you have made if you predicted prior to the season that it would be the Texas Rangers and the Arizona Diamondbacks in the World Series? You uh, could have done pretty well. I mean, the Rangers, they were a favorite to make the postseason. Maybe right. it's a wild sure. card. I mean, yep. the Astros are always the heavy favorites yep. there. Yep. But, you know, you spend $800 million in two off seasons, you know, you're setting yourself up pretty well. Yeah, no doubt. And that's what the, the Rangers did. Uh, Red Sox haven't done so much no, recently. Not really. We're still uh, waiting on uh, pins and needles here to see if they'll sign Jordan Montgomery, who was a big yes. factor in the uh, Texas Rangers uh, postseason success. Yeah, he was the big deadline deal acquisition. I mean, we got Max Scherzer, but he, he battled injury issues throughout the stretch run and is going to be out for most of the season this year. So, you know, but great, great player, great career. But Jordan Montgomery, he was the difference maker for the Rangers last so, year. So why wouldn't he go back to Texas, I think Jordan he's, Montgomery? He, he played, he pitched more innings than any point in his career. He's off a World Series when he's trying to, you know, set up his family for uh, the rest of their lives. He's trying to get the bag. Yep. Plus, he's a Scott Boris uh, player. so And there's still a lot of Scott Boris holdouts yes, out there. They're looking to uh, you know maximize their earning potential. So. And uh, I guess they are. And even the uh, the current Cy Young Award winner from from uh, the National League is uh, is holding out. So, you know, uh, you, you never know. Uh, but uh, I would like to see the Red Sox. If they uh, could get Jordan Montgomery, I'd be very happy. It would uh, certainly make it less of a long summer for uh, the fans of Fenway this year, right? They certainly uh, need you know somebody at the top of that rotation. They really don't have what you would even come close to calling an ace no. on, on that team right now. And even if Chris Sale was still there, which I'm glad he's not... <laughs> Uh, you know, it's just a major distraction who you know is not going to stand up to the uh, to the test of time. I'm glad he's gone. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, he would be really right now probably as close as you could come to calling somebody an ace. But uh, but, you know, he's going to break down. So it's just a matter of time. What, so, a, what a 180 for him. I yeah. mean, just the, the start of his career when he was in Chicago, he was unhittable. Yeah. I oh, mean, yeah. You, you, take the mound every fifth day, give the White Sox a chance to win. But 
I guess as soon as he uh, cut up those throwback uniforms, everything kind of uh, <laughs> went down, out the window, right? Downhill from that point on. Right. Uh, but uh, I, I think he was kind of mishandled uh, by the Red Sox. I don't know if he was a part of this, and they probably had no thoughts along these lines. But I thought when he started to have uh, the, the injury issues, I mean, in the start of his career, he was a pretty reliable pitcher with Always. the White Sox. And his first couple of years with the Red Sox, he was a pretty reliable guy as well. But then the injuries started to crop up, as they do with most pitchers. There are very few that haven't undergone Tommy John surgery. So, uh, you know, I, I think he would have been great to use as a one-inning guy out of the bullpen, you know, two, three times a week maybe when the situation warranted. And I think that's how they could have maximized their investment in Chris Sale. I really think that he could have come out for an inning and just blown guys away. You think he would have been happy with that role, though? Probably not. Yeah, Probably not. I mean, I guess when you're an ace and you've started your entire career, you don't want to be relegated to the bullpen. But you know what? When you're making over $30 million a year, I, I, I don't think that's a huge sacrifice to make. I, I really and truly don't. And I think that would have been ultimately better for him and certainly better for the team than... I mean, you know, you know it's the apex, you know, apex predator competitor mindset. You know, you you making that thirty million because you want the ball. You want the ball for five, six, seven innings every fifth day. But he couldn't do it. Right, he couldn't do it. You know, in the latter stages, we guess of his career. We'll we'll see how that uh, career continues, but. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what he does uh, this year. But at any rate, won't worry about Chris Sale anymore. <laughs> He's not our problem any longer. And uh, we have to move on. The Red Sox have done okay so far in spring training. But as you well know, Alex, you can't judge anything by spring training. No. Because uh, the, the lineups are uh, generally made up of you know, half major leaguers, half minor leaguers. And, and uh, you know, the major leaguers are in there for only uh, two or three at-bats a game. and uh, So you can't judge anything by the records of spring training. In fact, I've found over the years that the teams who do the worst in spring training sometimes do the best in the regular season. That's it, right. It sometimes works out that way for whatever reason, but over the years, it seems to have uh, been uh, that's you know been the way it is. But at any rate, we're here to talk a lot of things today, and uh, Slim is going to be calling in, and we'll talk. I'm sure we'll be talking about the uh, the Celtics game last night, which the Celtics won over the uh, 76ers, one seventeen to ninety nine. Or I don't know if Slim won uh, a fortune on on that game or not. But the Celtics certainly uh, covered the point spread, and uh, Jalen Brown was outstanding with 31 points, and uh, Jason Tatum had 29. Chris Stapps Porzingis had uh, 23. Celtics now 27 and three at home, and they will be hosting Dallas. Dallas, the Mavericks. That's right. Your team. Did were you a Mavs fan? So the Mavericks for me were more of a uh, tertiary sport. I mean, I was 13 in 2011. You know that was. An unbelievable run with Dirk, Dirk and yeah, Dirk Jason Nowitzki, Terry, yeah. Jason Kidd. You know, it was up that, that 2011 team. I mean, I was 13 years old, as I said, and just the whole city went Mavericks crazy. 
Oh it was, yeah, it was so much fun. Yeah, no, no doubt about that. And uh, but uh, it, we're, out of the top, out of the the big four sports in this country, which I consider baseball, basketball, hockey, and football, wh- where do you rank basketball? So for me, it's always um, basketball is. As I said, it's a tertiary sport. You know, I, I pay attention to the, what the Mavericks are doing, what the league is. I pay attention to what's going on in all the sports, just because it makes a you know conversation easier if you know what's going on, if you can keep up in a conversation. Yeah. So I, but basketball for me is it's baseball and hockey are my you know that's those, my those uh, are your top two. That's my top two. Basketball and football. You know, it's hard not to be a Cowboys fan, being from Dallas. You know, and uh, well, it's. Hard not to be a Cowboys fan, which, you know, is a good thing and a bad thing. So, you know, it's been a – they've won maybe, I believe, three playoff games in my lifetime. I was born in 98, so I just missed the uh, the glory days of those I, mid-'90s I Super Bowl runs. I guess you did. Yes. I, I, I guess you did. And there are probably some people that are very happy about that. One of them is me. <laughs> I, I am I, I'm not a big Dallas Cowboys no. fan. In fact, I root against the Cowboys. And, and all, all because, uh, and here's what it goes back to, and I'm a guy that used to root for the Dallas Cowboys. I, w- I was talking with someone last night. I, I, I uh, Grant Hill was doing the uh, the commentary on on the basketball game last night on TNT. He was the analyst last night on TNT, and his father, of course, was Calvin Hill, who played for the Cowboys wow. and was a great running back. Uh, for the Dallas Cowboys back in the day, a long yes. time ago. And he, he played at Yale. And there's a movie out there that you have got to see, a great documentary called Harvard Beats Yale 29 to 29. Now, that, that was the title of the movie. And you have to see the movie to find out exactly what it means. But Harvard was a heavy, heavy underdog in that game. So I bring up Calvin Hill because during his era, I used to root for the Cowboys, believe it or not. I rooted for the Cowboys until Jerry Jones fired Tom Landry. Now, he can do whatever he wants, Jerry Jones, firing coaches and whatever. And, you know, firing a legend like Tom Landry, I didn't take too kindly to. But especially the way he did it. Because from what I understand, Tom Landry found out that he was fired by listening to the radio. That is correct. And that that this ticked me off. And from that point on, I uh, never rooted for the Cowboys again. In fact, I vigorously rooted against them. Great way to uh, endear yourself to your new fans, right, Jerry? Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, we'll take a break. It's the Sports Machine. Ken filling in for Slim today. Alex Bosani is here from the New Hampshire Mountain Kings. Check out some great Mountain Kings hockey this weekend in Hooksit. We'll be right back. The sports machine without Slim continues here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. Do we have Slim on the line? Hello, hello. Are you there? We're trying to connect right now. I see uh, Andrew Gibson, our esteemed producer, uh, trying to make the connection with our friend Slim, who uh, is enjoying the great weather in Florida. Slim, are you there? Oh, I'm definitely here, Kenya. Clearwater, Florida. It's uh 
crystal clear blue skies, about 70 degrees down here. 70 degrees. So you're you're about 20 degrees uh, warmer than we are. We're having unseasonably uh, warm conditions here in the state of New Hampshire right now, Slim. So uh, you get us beat by about 20 degrees, but that's it. That's it. So The best, yeah. easiest winter of my life in New England. I can't remember it. And I don't imagine we're going to be getting much more snow, right? The extended forecast looks pretty warm, uh, too, I think. Uh, you never know. You never know in New England. As Mark Twain said, if you don't like the weather in New England, wait a minute. You know, well, and that's I'm always staying confident. Yeah, Staten is. You know, we could. I remember one year we had a huge storm on St. Patrick's Day, uh, which was the the biggest storm of of that year. I can't remember the specific year, uh, but you know, Red Sox have had home openers snowed out in the past. So that, I heard that's, you guys that's talking some Red Sox. I yep. heard you guys talking some Red Sox. I, I haven't talked much at all about the Red Sox with the sports machine with uh, Slim, so it was cool to listen for you, you you two to have a little back and forth there. Yep, we have Alex Posani with us, and Alex is the uh, PA announcer and the uh, disc jockey at uh, the Tritown Ice Arena in Hooksett for New Hampshire Mountain Kings games in the North American Hockey League. And it's it's great hockey, and uh, it uh, really is very entertaining. And Alex makes it even more entertaining uh, with his uh, PA work and the music he selects. So uh, the place comes alive on uh, Friday and Saturday nights when the Mountain Kings are there. So, Alex, Alex what's the most fun part of the job for you? The most fun part of the job is just getting the fans fired up at the big moments. You know, when we're when we're ahead by one goal, thirty seconds left in the game, and I get on the mic and tell everybody to get loud, and you know, just hearing the place erupt. You know, having that sort of that role where I bring, you know, I try to bring the energy, and it's a lot of fun. And he does. He does bring the energy. There's no doubt about that. But Slim, you bring the energy every day. You're on vacation. You haven't missed a show. <laughs> I enjoy calling it and you say, hey, this is what I love to do. So work is kind of fun for me. I'll tell you, Ken, Alex's answer there, it kind of plays into one of the topics that I've been bringing up a bunch on the show is the Celtics fans. I will say, Alex, when I go to the Garden and I was there in game four of the finals against Golden State, when we were up two games to one, and if we'd won that home game, like we would have been up three to one in the finals. You're going to win that yeah. in all likelihood. But I walked away from that going, I don't think I can go to another Celtics game like in, in person because I didn't feel like the fans knew how to cheer in a manner that would like really get a maximum effort from their players. I felt like most player, people were sitting on their hands, and you as an announcer, you're seeing you can feel the energy that you bring to the fans. Can you do anything to help the fans in the Boston Garden? Oh, I wish. I wish. If, if, I, if I get that opportunity, it'll be a real good day. <laughs> <laughs> what would you do? What would you do to get those fans? Because I really don't think a lot of those people know when to cheer. I think a lot of them like aren't real fans. Maybe they got free tickets from their work that spends a ton of money on luxury boxes and stuff like that. I really feel like they need leaders in that stadium to tell people when to cheer during the game. To be honest, I think a big part of it is the full-on game production. You know, for me, I'm running the music, I'm running the mic. The game production starts and ends with me. But for, you know, a big NBA, NHL, any sort of major professional sporting event, you have the production staff with the video board, the ribbon board, and it takes, you know, a full-on effort of, I mean, almost a, a cohort of people to make something like that happen. I think everyone has to be working, you know, hand in hand all the cogs have to be turning and i feel like 
I've been to uh, I haven't been to a Celtics game yet. I've been to a uh, Bruins game, and I just I think that at times the uh, I guess it's the they let the gravity of the moment out, you know, kind of overshadow what the um, the energy of it. You know, it's this is a Boston Bruins game. This is a team that's been around for a long time, and there's a certain level of uh, tradition where I feel like. The older teams, and I, I've definitely noticed this in baseball, they don't want to go with the all-in, the hype, the pep, because that's something that the uh, the newer teams do, not the, uh, you know, not the more established older teams. I think that's a, that's a good point. Yeah, I think that's a very good point. Although I will say, I think, uh, and I've I've been to a lot more Celtics games at the at the TD Garden than I have Bruins games, but I think uh, Bruins fans, generally speaking are much more enthusiastic than Celtics fans. I agree with that point, Ken. That's, that's what I've picked up on as well. And I mean, part of my thing is everything pales in comparison to the days back when, like before Brady came, when we hadn't won anything in this region for years. And that first run or even the second year that, that we won it, it was like it, it, our fan base was rabid. We, I mean, yeah. you, you knew we were in the stands when teams came to play, whether it was at Foxborough or then down the road when it, it, it came down, you know, to be in the Boston Garden when Garnett and Pierce was there. Like I yeah. went to a bunch of those games during that title yeah. run, and the fans had an impact. And Alex, you, you, do you believe? I believe the fans have an impact on the outcome of some of these games. Oh, one hundred percent. You know, and I, I, this is you know what you said with the old Boston Garden being more of a hard place to play. I hear that in a lot of places, and I think that it's more of the uh, the commercialization of sports. You know where. The idea of tickets, of the sporting experience is more geared towards corporate partners, advertisers. I've heard, you know, uh, many fans back in Dallas, they say, you know, back when the Stars were, you know, at their heyday in the 90s and the Mavericks were, you know, they had the three J's. And uh, those days, they say Reunion Arena was one of the hardest places to play in the NHL and the NBA because it was intimate. It was not the best, but it was a place where the fans would go. They would get crazy. But, you know, the scene at the American Airlines Center now in Dallas is a lot of the people, lower level, are people who have you know, cor- very, very corporate, corporate partners, yeah. corporate partners, people who, like you said, are there for work. And the atmosphere is different because I believe it's more like the uh, the average fan who is going to get loud and get rowdy. It's going to be a real amazing experience for them. They're kind of priced out of the uh, – the big games like that. Yeah, I, I think the ticket prices and the escalation of ticket prices have a lot to do with it. I, I really and truly do. So, Slim, tell us what uh, I, I imagine that you watched the Celtics game last night on TNT. I did. Well, I watched the first half fully. I, I checked in a little bit in the second half. And I, I will tell you, my, my main takeaway, Ken, and I don't know if other people feel the same way, but the 76ers, if they get Joel Embiid back, yep. that team is a threat. I'm telling you right now, they got a bunch of playoff-type players on their roster. And Buddy Heald coming over there, oh, yeah. I'm not saying he's a the best. Big... He can shoot. He's a perfect fit to play with Embiid. Yeah, and Maxi Tyrese Maxi, I, I think he's, he's one of the top players in the NBA. I really do. Uh, you know, he has really emerged. I mean, I think this is what, maybe his third year? But uh, he has just made a tremendous impact uh, on that team. And uh, bring Embiid back, and if they're able to do that by uh, by playoff time, uh, they are going to be a, a force to be reckoned with, no doubt about it. I, I agree. The Celtics uh, played, uh, I thought, a rather lackluster first half last night. 
but really turned things on at the start of the third quarter and started to uh, put things away. I don't know how you felt about it, but, uh, you know, you had other things to enjoy uh, in yeah. Florida. I was just sitting there last night in New Hampshire watching the Celtics, you know, but uh, you had other things to do. What are you doing today, Slim, in, in Florida, in, in Clearwater, go to the Florida? Beach. Yeah, Clearwater, Clearwater Beach. We're going to take the, the two kids over there and uh, I think they like being by the pool at the place where we're staying, but we're going to force them to go to the beach because, uh, you know, when we're back in New Hampshire, Hampton Beach is a great time for us. So we're just going to force them on it here in Florida because the sand is different and uh, it's just a cool, different vibe. But I will say, last, last note on the Celtics here, before we go to commercial, it is cool that we can play lackluster like that in the first half now, Ken, and then in the second half just be like, okay, it's time for us to go and win and then just do it. You know, earlier this year, as you know, the Celtics were not a good third-quarter team, but they have turned out to be a much better uh, third-quarter team in the second half of the season than they were uh, in the first. I just have to ask you, Slim, I don't want to know the amount, but did you win any money last night? No, my DraftKings account, you can't bet oh, yeah, when you're in that's Florida. Right, that's right. Oh, uh, yep. <laughs> that's Otherwise, right. may have had a different answer. Oh, that must be killing you. <laughs> No, well, I've made an effort to not be gambling on sports this year. I have set up a little fund that we've had some win uh, money from oh, I know, uh, yes. for, for the show, for the show, you know, not, but I'm, I'm trying not to do anything on, on my own at this time, just to take a little break to show it's possible. All right, well, Slim, I want you to have a, a great rest of your vacation. Enjoy Clearwater Beach, and uh, we will see you next week. Very good. Thanks for the time, and uh, good to meet you there, Alex. Enjoy yeah, the rest of the you. show. Thank you. Thank you. All right, Slim. Have a good one. There is Slim, and he'll be back in studio next Monday here at WKXL, NHTalkRadio.com. We will continue on the Sports Machine for a Wednesday morning right here at WKXL, NHTalkRadio.com. We'll be right back. The Sports Machine with Slim continues right here on WKXL, NHTalkRadio.com. Slim just joined us a few minutes ago from beautiful Clearwater, Florida. I think they are still the home spring training base for the Philadelphia Phillies. Best of my knowledge, anyway. Uh, We had uh, some breaking news in the sports world during the break. That is, the Kansas City Chiefs have released wide receiver Marquez Valdez Scantling. Marquez Valdez Scantling, who had a touchdown uh, in the Super Bowl. So, would the Patriots like a receiver like that? I don't know. (laughs) I would think so. Their receiving core has been pretty depleted uh, over the years. I I would take him over Juju Smith-Schuster right now, for sure. But at any rate, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens with the Patriots' number one draft pick. Will they select a quarterback? Will they trade it? Will they make a a deal for a quarterback? Nobody knows. That's the big mystery in uh, New England uh, these days. Alex Pisani is with us in studio. Alex is the PA voice and the disc jockey at games uh, of the uh, uh, New Hampshire Mountain Kings of the North American Hockey League at Tritown Ice Arena in Hooksett. They will be home this weekend for games uh, Friday night at 7.30 and Saturday at 7. That's right. 7 o'clock start. Early start. I like that. I like that. 
Uh, I'll be doing two hockey games that day, a high school hockey game and, and that game uh, on Saturday. So it'll be a, a busy Saturday uh, for yours truly because Concord will be playing in the uh, quarterfinal round of the NHI AA tournament against the winner, folks, of tonight's uh, Division I uh, first-round game between Bow and Exeter, which will take place at the Everett Arena tonight at 7.30. So 7.30 tonight, Everett Arena in Concord. It'll be Bow and Exeter, the winner of that game, will take on Concord at 4 p.m. on Saturday afternoon at the Everett Arena as well. And Alex, you are involved, as we mentioned, with the New Hampshire Mountain Kings of the North American Hockey League, and you also have a great involvement in the Seacoast Hockey League. So it is Seacoast Hockey Officials. We are we provide referees and scorekeepers for a lot of a lot of different games around here. We have scorekeepers and referees in New Hampshire, Massachusetts, Staten Island, Philly, Southern New Jersey. Wow. We have you know we have you know there's lots of lots of hockey up here. So there is youth hockey, adult adult league hockey tournaments. We I'm the assistant director of scorekeepers for Seacoast Hockey Officials, and it's. You know, I've been scorekeeping for a long time. That's one of the big reasons I'm up here, you know, because scorekeeping is what got me into public address announcing. You know, doing high school games, I did an International Ice Hockey Federation tournament in Texas. And, you know, part of scorekeeping is there's a lot that goes into it. You know, it's not just running the clock and, you know, keeping the score on the computer. A lot of games, you play music, you announce, and I definitely honed my skills and, uh, you know, my work scorekeeping is what moved me up here. Yeah, and uh, it's it's a, a, a lot more complex than I think some people would think, uh, and uh, all the duties and responsibilities that go along with uh, being one of those uh, scorekeepers, and uh, so so yeah, I, I would imagine it would vary from uh, league to league as to what those responsibilities would be, but I imagine in some you have to. Uh, be the PA announcer, be the scorekeeper, and run the music as well. So generally, the higher level it goes up, the more um, the more delegating you do. So yeah. you know, at Mountain Kings games, we have an official timekeeper, we yeah. have a official score, and I run the music and PA. But uh, you know, men's league games, youth league games, I do all of it. Yeah, and, you know, it's about you're, when you're doing one of those games, you're doing four jobs at once, and the thing is, is just finding a rhythm, finding you know some way to make it all work for yourself. I have my rhythm. I you know I run the clock first. That's the first priority. That's yeah. the game piece. Yeah. You know the the thing that we're all looking up at. Exactly. Yeah. And you know I I focus on the clock first. Then I do the computer music and announcing. Kind of goes. Uh, you know it, it's an important part. But if if one of the first two isn't getting done, then music takes a uh, you know kind of a you know a backseat a backseat yeah. for yeah. a moment. You know, and that's the thing is just finding a rhythm for it. Yeah, oh, I'm, I'm sure, and uh, that's folks. It's it's very complicated. I mean, you've, you've got to you know be watching the action to you know when to stop the clock. That's right. Uh, that that's one thing, and and then uh, you know. Uh, if there's nothing uh, to enter into the computer, let's say it's a, an icing call or whatever it might be to stop the clock, uh, probably nothing to enter there, or is there? So that depends yeah. on yeah. what our you know what we're using to score. Some yeah. scoring systems they have a clock on the scoring system that you know translates to the broadcast or the you know the online segment of it. Yeah. And you know it's it's like I said it's just finding a rhythm. It's yeah. finding what I've done over three thousand games wow. in my career. That, that and, is something. 
It's a lot of fun. For such a young man. I mean, really, if you're my age, that might not be such a big deal. But, you know, you're not even half my age. Well, you know, you go to any rink most weeknights, you'll see me there working men's league. It's a lot of fun. You know, we Seacoast hockey officials, we have a lot of just hockey all over the place. I mean, we're... We have a men's league tournament in uh, Santa Rosa, California, coming up. Wow! It's a ten-day event, over a hundred games. I'm, I would imagine, I'm going to be out there, out in sunny, uh, sunny South California there for you uh, go. for hockey. I mean, Santa Rosa, here I right. come. Oh, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Well, if you need any volunteers, you know. <laughs> well, actually, it's not volunteers. It's all paid. It's oh, all it's oh, all wow. paid. Even um, better. You know, every uh, you know, we pay for you know the scorekeepers and the referees. We're always looking for scorekeepers and referees. And if you want, if you want to become a part of Seacoast Hockey Officials, you know, our website is seacoasthockeyofficials.com. And there's a segment where you can you know, on that website on the home page where you can become a referee or a scorekeeper. Maybe do both. It's a lot of fun. You know, it's a great organization. I've been working for them since November, and I've, I've been very happy with them. Terrific. Okay, so folks, if, if you uh, you know have some hockey acumen and would like to get involved with a great organization, seacoasthockeyofficials.com. Simple, That's right. Simple as that. And, you know, one of the great things about being a scorekeeper is you get to watch hockey and get paid for it. And, you know, if you had told me that's what I could do at the age of 15, there's nothing more that I could have wanted. They, I, and I agree with you. That's you know, right. you can watch hockey for free and, and, and get paid and for get it. Paid hey, for it. What, you can't beat that deal. You know, and it's fun just, you know, we have a great hockey community up here. It I really mean, is. The, the men's league community, the youth league community, the, the people in the community are what makes us so great. And I, I hope you uh, have, have a chance to go this year. I don't think you went... Uh, last time around, I could be mistaken, but uh, uh, to the New Hampshire Legends of Hockey Banquet, which always takes place usually in October, and uh, they usually induct uh, you know four to five uh, new members into the New Hampshire Legends of Hockey, and it's just a great celebration of hockey for the entire Granite State because most of the people who have been inducted will come back and attend the event. And it is just a great celebration of hockey. There's a team that's honored uh, every year, and uh, it, it, it is terrific. You have a chance to uh, renew uh, acquaintanceships if uh, you know uh, many of the people that uh, have been inducted or, or make make new friends uh, as well. And I think you, w- you would love it. And I it's w- coming up sometime in October. I, I don't w- know the exact date of this year's, but it's it'll be in October, I'm sure. I would love to be there. And that's the great thing about this game. This game is more than a game. It's a family. It's a community. It unites so many people from different backgrounds. I mean, I'm from... A suburb of Dallas and Texas, you know, somewhere that when you think about hockey, that's not the first place that comes to mind. Right. You know, we we rarely ever have hockey weather. I mean, we get a deep freeze every now and then. You can see people on ponds out there, but that's once in a blue moon. But the thing is, you know, I come up here to New Hampshire, which totally different locale, totally different environment. You know, I can hold my own in a hockey conversation with people who, you know, have grown up playing outside. Yeah, Exactly. And exactly, that, and that's the beautiful thing about the game is it you know it unites all of us. It brings all of us together. You know, unless uh, unless the uh, stars are playing the Bruins, and it kind of separates me from everybody else. Right. So <laughs> <laughs> there you go. But at any rate, uh, you can certainly hold uh, hold your own in any kind of a hockey conversation, uh, Alex, and uh, and you're in the right place for it because the lots of hockey conversations do take place in the state of New Hampshire. I'm trying to find the the date. 
uh, for this year's uh, banquet. I got it October 20th, 2024. How about that? Looking forward to it. I hope I'm there. Uh, well, I'll, I'll make sure you're there. Oh, October you. 20th, 2024. I've had the great privilege of uh, emceeing the event for the last uh, six or seven years. Wow. And uh, it, it, it is a great organization. Uh, Jim Hayes is uh, very much involved, and uh, Jim has done a great job with the organization over the years, along with the folks like Chris Brown, who has a great involvement in it. He's a, he's a member of the uh, New Hampshire Legends of Hockey. My good friend Chris Brown. Yes, indeed. Indeed. So uh, you, you will be there October 20th, unless you're in, in California. <laughs> uh, you know, you world traveler, you. Alex Bosani is with us. We're just uh, hanging out here on a Wednesday morning. It's the Sports Machine. Slim is on vacation. We're here, and uh, we're glad you are as well. If you want to uh, contribute to the show, give us a call. 603-224-1450 is the number to call. Right here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. We'll be right back. It's the sports machine for a Wednesday. Slim is on vacation in Clearwater, Florida. 70 degrees in Clearwater. It's, it's got to be about 50 around here in Concord right now. So we're not too far behind. Hey, it's 53. 53 right now, officially, under cloudy skies in uh, Concord, New Hampshire. So just 17 degrees behind Clearwater, Florida. Not too bad. No, not too bad at all. Uh, Alex Posani is with us, and we were talking about the, the remarkable amount of games that this guy has been involved in as a scorekeeper, as a PA announcer, a disc jockey, uh, you know, running the computer for games. And, and you gave me a remarkable figure that when you were in Texas. You uh, set a record for uh, amount of games that uh, that you participated in. In a uh, calendar year, I score kept 876 games in 2021. It was um, a lot of fun, a lot of hockey. You know, we I uh, would say so. 876 <laughs> games. <laughs> you know, there's I mean, there's no place I'd rather be than the rink. You know, and that that's the thing that if you love hockey, being a scorekeeper is I mean, it's the best job in the world. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you, I mean even. Every hockey game is fun to watch if you love hockey. I mean, the men's league, you find something you enjoy, you know, be it the the camaraderie the players have and, you know, just the game in general. Yeah. It's fun. I mean, hockey is pretty much the same everywhere you go. It's, you know, the game pieces are the same. The game play is maybe not as advanced as some of the higher levels, but still it's a lot of fun to watch and it's fun to be around. And, and we were talking uh, about the fact how the hockey has uh, developed over the years, and I think the expansion of the National Hockey League has had uh, a lot to do with it, with uh, great NHL players now coming from places they never came from That's right. before. I mean, it used to be back when I started following hockey, there were only six teams in the NHL, and the vast majority, almost all of the players, were from Canada. I remember one. there was one player that the Bruins had uh, back in the 60s by the name of Tommy Williams from Minnesota that really stood out because he was like the only non-Canadian in the NHL. And this was before, you know, the, uh, the foreign players came in, you know, from other countries. And, uh, you know, started to change the game a little bit. But now, 
you're getting players in the NHL from from Texas, from Arizona, from Florida, all of these states. You know, who you know were never really exposed to hockey until expansion came to their areas. And that's the thing is that you know. Seth Jones, he's from Plano. Blake Coleman, he's from Plano. And those are northern suburbs of Dallas. Yeah. Texas has had hockey for a while. I mean, the first team in the Dallas area was the Dallas Ice Kings in 1927. There and if you, go. You go, if you go to a, you know, a lineage of Dallas hockey, pretty much over the past hundred years, there's been a team in the Dallas area. And it's a lot of fun. The game, of, of course, you know, grew a lot when the Stars moved from Minnesota. Mm-hmm. There were... Four sheets of ice in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex, one independent rink that the Stars bought. They've built a chain of rinks, the Star Uh Centers. And now there's a little bit over 20 sheets of ice in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex, nine full-size rinks, two sheets on each. It's a um, Hockey has gotten so big. We've hosted an International Ice Hockey Federation tournament. We've hosted the NHL draft. And you you have so much hockey – and the tournaments we have bring in pl- you know, top players from all over the yeah, world, all sure. over the world, all over yeah. the country. And it's a lot of fun. You know, it's a lot of fun being a part of that community. And, you know, it's been growing for the past 30 years since the Stars moved in 93. It's really, really kicked off the past five or six years. The Stars have put a lot of money, a lot of resources into growing the youth hockey scene. And being a part of that, you know, I started working for the Stars in 2019, right when the boom that is happening now, I and mean, we've added a couple travel teams in that area, and mm-hmm. it's it's been a lot of fun to be a part of. And the work I did down there, that's what brought me up here. Yeah, and uh, we're glad it, it did, yes. Alex, because uh, the Mountain King games are uh, uh, very, very entertaining when you're behind the mic and playing the music that you do, and it, it really adds to it. I mean, it really, I mean, the game experience is very important to any building or stadium, any arena, any stadium. The game production is is of utmost importance because, uh, you know, the game is great itself, but think about a game without that, uh, you know, the PA announcer, without the introductions, without the, the music uh, between whistles. You know, I mean, really, uh, it just wouldn't be the same. It wouldn't. And, you know, a big reason I do it, I do it for the fans, you know, for the enjoyment of the fans, but also I do it for the game as a whole. I mean, the the game of hockey is just such a special thing. It's something that, I mean, I, I didn't grow up playing. I didn't, you know, I didn't grow up, you know, intimately involved in the game. I found it on my own later on and I just fell in love with it and getting to be a part of it, you know, if some 13-year-old kid in Texas can find the game and enjoy it and then make, you know, a career out of it. That's what it's about. That's the special thing about this game is it's accessible to a lot of people, even if you don't grow up playing. And that's, you know, a big part of what I do with Seacoast is scorekeeping is a lot of fun. You don't have to be able to play the game to be right. a part of the game. Yeah. And well, that's I, that's the thing that I, I think... I never really did except for a pond in my hometown. So. <laughs> so. I think I've been on ice skates maybe four or five times in my life. Uh, you don't have to grow up playing to be a part of the game. And no, being, you don't. And being a scorekeeper gives you an amazing opportunity to be a part of the game. Yeah, and uh, again, if you would like to get involved, if you love the game of hockey and are passionate about it, uh, seacoasthockeyofficials.com. 
uh, check it out. You, you might find a little employment. Uh, you never know. And have some fun, you know, and, watching hockey yeah. and getting paid for it. And exactly. And that's, uh, I've, I've always enjoyed that over the years. That, uh, <laughs> I've, I've been paid to, to uh, broadcast hockey games uh, over the years, which, uh, you know, and uh, I've done PA as well. I wasn't responsible. I was the uh, public address announcer for the first three years of the uh, Lowell Lock Monsters wow. in the American Hockey League. Uh, and uh, I, I just strictly did the PA. I didn't have to be the scorekeeper. I didn't have to do the music. I st- strictly did PA, but uh, but it was a lot of fun. And uh, so if you have an interest in, in hockey and would like to get involved, uh, maybe you can, uh, uh, you know, have... You know, help your income a little bit if that's what you're looking for. But the the biggest part is you'll have a lot of fun. It's a great community. Uh, SeacoastHockeyOfficials.com. So Alex, if you want, if, and Alex uh, Posani is with us. If you want to hear his talents on display, uh, the best thing to do would be to go to uh, Tritown Ice Arena this weekend, uh, this uh, Friday and Saturday, uh, 7:30 on Friday, 7 o'clock. Early start time on Saturday. That's right. I'm going to speak to Chris Brown. I think an earlier start time on Saturday is a great idea. I do, too. I mean, you know, the 7.30 is, you know, it's fine for a weeknight. Gets you time to get home from work and go get yourself some dinner. But Saturdays, you know, get home a little bit earlier. Yeah. And, you know, you're still, you know, you're still awake at 7 o'clock rather than 7.30. And and it's also, uh, you know, uh, greater for the uh, younger generations, you know, uh, in in terms of uh, kids being out, uh, you know, late at night. So an earlier start time on Saturday, uh, I think, is a a great idea. So it'll be 7 o'clock on Saturday. And uh, get out and check out the Mountain Kings if you haven't done so already. There's still uh, quite a few games left in March coming up. So you'll have the opportunity to check them out between uh, March 1st and the 26th, I think, is the uh, final that's game. That's our last home game. And that's the great thing about this level of hockey. You know, these these younger kids, they, they look up to these junior players. These junior players are 16 to 20 years old. They're playing for, you know, for, their, for their futures, their careers. They're playing to get yeah. scholarships or a handful get drafted every year in the NHL draft. And these, these younger kids, especially the, you know, the – the 10, 11, 12-year-olds, they look up to these boys. They do. And, you know, no doubt. Getting them an opportunity to be around them, it it provides them good role models. And all these Mountain Kings boys, they every one of our players, you know, are just with the highest level of character. They're active in the community. They volunteer. They're um, they're valuable members of the hockey community and the community of Southern New Hampshire as a whole. And they they're great role models for the kids. Yeah, absolutely. Well, very well said. And you can see them in action uh, this this weekend at Tritown Ice Arena uh, in Hooksett. And the admission prices are very, very reasonable. And uh, so check it out if you haven't done so already. I, I think if you if you haven't and you're a hockey fan, you're you're missing a real jewel uh, in the North American Hockey League, uh, you know you're going to see some of these players in action uh, someday at the top levels of, of college hockey, uh, then uh, many of them moving on to uh, professional hockey, and and uh, quite a, a number of the uh, NAHL alumni have gone on to the National Hockey League. Ben Bishop, Pat Maroon, you know you've had solid players from the North American League at the NHL level. Yeah, 
No, no doubt about that. So uh, if, you, if you haven't already, or even if you have, you can uh, attend uh, this weekend very reasonable prices. And uh, what a, what a gr- if you're a hockey fan, this is the, the best area to be in. When you look at uh, you know, the top teams in the country from a college level. Yes. I mean, BC and BU are right there right. at the top of the list. UNH this week ranked 17th. Uh, Providence, number 10. Maine, number 9. Quinnipiac, the defending champion at number 7. By the way, the Quinnipiac coach, uh, Rand Pecknold, a native of Bedford, New Hampshire. Really? Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. And uh, spent some of his youth at the Everett Arena. That's awesome. In Concord, because his dad was a player. Anyway, Alex Bassani, always great to have you with us, whether it's my show or Slim's show. It doesn't matter. You're a great guest, a great guy, and uh, glad to have you in New Hampshire. Glad to be here. And uh, thanks to Slim for letting me host today. I'll be back tomorrow with Kale and Company live between 8 and 9 right here. Thanks for joining us on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. Have a great Wednesday, everybody.